Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp Price. This podcast will inform and inspire you in your quest to find the right career path. If you're just starting out, looking to make a change in your field or transitioning into a new career, then this podcast is for you. We'll be sharing tips and providing resources on topics such as writing resumes, interviewing, using LinkedIn, and networking. We will take a look at different careers, companies, and opportunities. You will hear success stories from professionals in all career paths, and so much more. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy! Welcome, everyone, to Sharp HR Career Corner. I'm excited to have this conversation with my guest today because we're both career coaches who recognize that there are still many of you who have been displaced because of the pandemic in 2020 and maybe still struggling heading into 2021. The conversation today will shed light on things that you can do right now if you find yourself looking for a new opportunity but have been having a tough time getting the interview or getting the offer. It may help to use our suggestions to improve your resume or create a stronger cover letter. Or you may find our conversation on the importance of a LinkedIn profile inspirational enough to create your own and start to engage with other professionals. We believe that all the topics we will cover today will inspire you to try some new ways of job searching in 2021. We will touch on a number of topics for anyone considering making a career move or a career change, or for those that found themselves out of work due to the pandemic. Let me introduce my guest today, Kathy Lanzalaco. Hi, Kathy. How are you doing today? I'm well, Karen. Thank you for having me. We've got a lot of things to cover, but what I would like to first start with is, can you give us a little bit of background as to how you started out? Oh, yeah. Thank you. I am currently the CEO of Inspire Careers. It is my company, and I do career marketing for people looking for jobs, right? And I use the word marketing purposely because that's what people are doing. They're marketing themselves for a new opportunity, a new employment role. So I do career marketing. So what that means is resume writing, career coaching, cover letter development, LinkedIn, interview preparation, job search strategies, all of those things from start to finish, end to end, to help people, regardless of whether you're employed or unemployed, to help you really present your best foot forward and to be able to understand the things that maybe I do as a career coach that you don't, to give you that additional edge to be able to compete in this very difficult marketplace. I mean, initially, Karen, I started out as a registered nurse and I worked at Sisters Hospital for 15 years. Wow. Back longer than I will tell you today, <laughs> but I did that for many, many years. And then I made the shift into human resources. And I worked in human resources for another 18 years. And several years ago, the company that I was working for and the, the HR department that I was running closed. And based on that, I had to reinvent myself for a third time. And that's when I became a business owner. And I started this, well, I started another business originally, and then I had purchased Inspire Careers. But I, I share that with you because I think it's important for people to understand that just because in your one place now doesn't mean you have to be there forever. And really, in today's world, reinvention is the name of the game. So I have been there and I understand what it takes. And when I talk to my clients about it, I say, well, these are the things that worked for me. And this is how I think you can apply your strategies based on your information so I think that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about, Karen, is reinvention and how to approach things differently. The idea of personal branding has sort of taken hold. I don't think that a lot of people are used to that. 
They don't want to put themselves out there and show their best because that's the hardest part of the resume is to explain what you do well. People have a hard time. They're not sure how to promote themselves. So personal branding is, is really key. Why don't we start with some of our topics today and we'll kind of go back and forth and just kind of give our thoughts about each of them. And hopefully it, it really helps people that are out there that have been really trying very hard to get in, get their foot in the door, and they might be facing some challenging times and maybe something that we say today can help them out. Let's start with the first one. There are people out there who are comfortable. They like the company they're working for. They like the people that they work with, but are not growing within their position. They feel stuck. And when you ask them, you know, why don't they take the leap? Why don't they try something new? They'll say it's a paycheck and it's security. What kind of advice would you have for someone who might fit the situation? Well, for people that decide that they prioritize security and the paycheck higher than anything else, I mean, there's always going to be those people and that's not wrong. It's just what's important to them. But for the people that still have that burning desire underneath that they know they can do more and they really want more, but they say, I'm afraid to risk what I have. I would tell you that the vast majority of people that I work with are in that situation. Most of the people I'm working with and throughout the entire year, but certainly right now too, have jobs. And that's a really Mm -hmm. great place to be in when you want to see what's out there. You want to explore. And I love that word explore. I use it all the time. And you want to explore what's out there. There's never a better time than when you have a job. And why is that? I mean, people always know that, but why is that really? And I tell people, It's yes, you know, in many cases, people think, well, it proves somebody else wants me and I'm already hired and I'm qualified. But the reality is there's a lot of unemployed people that are very qualified. It really is about having that confidence. And there is no no risk there. I mean, you can take a leap. You can you can explore and see what's out there while still having that security to fall back on. But the worst thing I think throughout a career is because truly we give ourselves so much to these things is to sell ourselves short. Mm -hmm. Yes, you could probably be making more money, but more important than that, you can be making a contribution and really realize your potential. And I think that's the most exciting piece. And when you're out exploring that, you've got nothing to lose. Absolutely. And I always say to people, because sometimes people get into a situation where they just one day all of a sudden quit. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't want to quit <laughs> because because you want that flexibility to be able to look and explore and interview and learn and find out about things and be choosy and then mo- make the move. But I also find that it's so much easier to sell yourself when you have a job. So when walking in and you already have a job, You just have that inner self-confidence that you can explain what you're doing and talk about what you want to do for the future. This is the time, especially right now, if, if you are working, but you've always thought about what if, what if I could do this? There are jobs out there right now. You should start to look. This is perfect timing to do that. So I agree. And the other thing too is assessments. Take some assessments and see what they come up with. They won't give you the golden idea of what you should do, but they will give you a foundation to explore other ideas that maybe you've never even considered. So our next topic is cover letters. It's interesting because a couple weeks ago, I posted something on LinkedIn and I just asked recruiters and hiring managers, what would they do if they get cover letters? Do they read them or don't they read them? 
I have the results here. It says 56% say no, 44% say yes, and there was 147 votes. So I found it very interesting that it's about 50-50 whether your cover letter is going to be read. Because it's 50-50 and you have no idea who's on the other side reading that cover letter, you have to write one. People dread writing cover letters. They really do. They, They don't know what to put in them. They start to rewrite what they already have in their resume. And they have to learn that they have to do some research and they have to pick some things that stand out when they compare it to the post, when they compare it to the job itself, to the company itself. There's something that stands out that you want to highlight. And that's what you want to do. You want to catch that person's attention. So it's something that they did not see on the resume that would add and be interesting enough that they will stop and take a second look at the um, resume. So what, what are your thoughts as well to cover letters? Well, cover letters, you know, the, the rumor of their demise, as we just said, is absolutely unfounded. Cover letters are alive and well. And I do find working with people that it is the hardest document to create. So, it, and, I, and that's because people have a hard time expressing themselves, trying to figure out exactly how to present it. Um, but I think the best cover letters today and really the best practice of cover letters today is what I would call a human voice cover letter, meaning speaking in your own voice and not as if you're writing a report Mm -hmm. for your boss. So telling a story, helping people to understand something that they don't see in that resume and help understand more about you. So for instance, um, if you're a nurse, and I use that example because I do work with a lot of healthcare professionals, you know, why did you get into nursing? Tell that in the cover letter. What was it about nursing? So, you know, meaning there's a lot of other nurses out there. You're very qualified, but maybe you have a particularly interesting story from your childhood or your young adulthood. Maybe you were ill or someone in your family. How compelling a story could that be about why I chose nursing? And then leave that into the type of nursing that you chose. But that's absolutely transferable to other areas of any profession about why I I was just working with an attorney, right? So why she got into law, what what it was about that, that that she loves. And what that does is help show motivation on a daily basis. Can't get motivation from a a resume, but you can get that in the cover letter. So it's a great way for people to differentiate themselves and regurgitating all of the information that's in the resume, no wonder recruiters aren't looking at the cover letter. <laughs> they don't need to do that if you're telling them all the same information. And then the other thing I would add too is, you know, people are so busy now. And as you said before, there, there may be 200 people applying for a job and in many cases, even more. So, you know, keep it brief, but tell your story. And if you need a little bit more more text to be able to tell the story, do it. But then make sure every word is impactful. Give people a reason to look at it. And it's a really great place to start laying that foundation for communicating your personal brand. And that the other thing that I learned from working in HR is that when we did read cover letters, we read the resume first. And then yeah. once we were interested, we went back and we looked at the cover letter. And oftentimes, the cover letter could push that candidate from a, a B candidate to being an A candidate. So don't leave any of those opportunities on the table. If we know that companies are still asking for them and they can be influential, do it and do your best. Yeah, and I agree with that. That story is so important. When I teach at Damon, I start with asking students to let me know a little bit about themselves. Tell me something that I don't know that you would like me to know. And I have to say, every time that I get them, every semester, it just... 
I am so shocked and surprised how open they are and that they'll tell me something that's really either a passion of theirs or some, something that, you know, is really true to their heart. And then we get into the elevator pitch. And this is all that thread because it's that, it's that piece of the elevator pitch. It's that cover letter piece. It's the bio on your LinkedIn profile. It's those three things that you tell a little bit personal story about who you are. And that's what I try to pull from students is you have the story. You have a great story. You're living it so you don't think it's so, you know, so special. So, so it's a big deal. But when you actually see it in writing and have somebody else read it, it's really interesting. And that's what you have to put in there. What is it that makes you stand out? So I totally agree on that. So let's move on to the resume. It takes six to eight seconds for a hiring manager or a recruiter to look at a resume, which is nothing. It is, you know, their eye is scanning it so quickly to figure out what they're looking for. What advice can we give on writing a resume that will stand out when there are 200, 400 resumes? Where would you start with a resume? Well, first of all, you know, there's so much that goes behind it nowadays. And this is such an important topic, Karen, because people are still relying on the old structure of resumes and thinking that it's going to help them in this new economy and the new hiring environment. And you need to be able to keep pace with what hiring managers, companies, and recruiters are looking for. Mm -hmm. But when I'm dealing with clients and we're talking about resumes and how we create them, the critical thing, and I guess we're talking at, right at this moment about um, humans looking at it because there's really three audiences to right. a resume, Absolutely. right? The online system, and we can probably talk more about that. Mm-hmm. Keyword search is ATS, but once it actually gets in front of a human being, a couple of things that I tell my clients all the time, given that six seconds that recruiters are likely to look at it, you better capture their attention right away. And imagine that your resume is one of 20 or 30 laying on their desk that they've actually printed out from the ATS and are willing to look at make sure it looks different than the rest of them, and that it helps them help you. So what I mean by that is it needs to look different. If you're still using that same resume that you that you got in college, and you're still using it as a working professional or moving into the executive ranks, it's going to look like everybody else's mm-hmm. plain black and white text, you know, Times New Roman or Arial font, all of those things. Remember that just like anybody else, resumes really have a psychological impact. You want to draw that eye in. So you want to make it visually appealing. Maybe it's just, you know, some additional color to it. And I don't mean funky colors and, you know, creative stuff. I'm not even talking about those. I'm just talking about to soften it a little bit and to be able to give the material in some broken down areas so that their eye catches it very easily. People read in that, you know, that F uh, framework. So they're going to go down and they're going to go across, make it easy on them. And when I say the recruiter has six seconds, Make sure that they can see your personal branding statement and make sure they get the keywords, keywords, because that's what they're looking for. They'll look later on, you know, into more details about the things that you've done, but really for them to decide, do you belong in an A, B or C pile? They need to get that heavy hit quick. So don't be burying it on the back of page two. They may never look at it. Make sure that your resume looks different and then helps them to want to read more breaking out that area, having enough white space on the resume and making sure that when the minute they see it, it doesn't feel like they're reading your job description. So you want to be able to draw them in. But if I narrow it down to the two things, it's that visual appeal with the branding and the keywords. Okay. And one thing that I have to mention is that I still see often, 
is that outdated objective statement at the very top. And it's such a wasted space of two to three lines that you can actually put some information that really counts. If you're applying for a job as a marketing assistant and your objective statement says, I'm looking for a marketing associate position, they already know that because you've just applied for the job. So you don't need that, that little area up at the top. Put some things in there, those keywords that really are important that will catch their eye. And we also should talk about that software system that actually scans for the keywords. Right. Karen, can I make one statement before we move on to that, though? You make a great point with that objective statement, and I want to make one more additional point to that. Yes, employers know that that's what you want. You're applying for the job. but The reality is they don't care what you want. They want to know how you're going to help them solve the problem, You know how you're going to help them, why they need you in their organization. Please remember that the resume and the cover letter isn't really about you. And I know that's kind of an odd statement, but you're writing it for an audience. You're trying to solve a problem for an employer. And by coming out to say, this is what I want, immediately, you know, you're making the employer feel like, hmm, I know what I want. You know, what what exactly are you trying to do? So make sure that you're appealing to your audience for what they really need, problem solving. Right. And so those systems, those software programs that, you know, you don't know, there are certain industries out there like um, healthcare that probably use it more often. But I think that more companies are using it now just to save time, be more efficient. And that whole system, and, and many people don't even understand it or know what it is, but the recruiter will put in a certain number of keywords that they're looking for on resumes. If the resume is being scanned, you have to have so many of those keywords on your resume for them to put you in the yes pile. If they don't, they put you in the no pile and no human will actually ever see your resume. So it is really important to look at the job posting and what pops out at you. What are those keywords that are standing out to you are probably most likely standing out to them. Usually the top half of the responsibilities or the requirements that they're looking for are the things that are super important to them that you have to make sure that you have as well on your resume. Also, whether it's the software system or an actual human, the top half of your resume is the piece of the the resume that either stops somebody and puts you in the no pile or they're intrigued. So they want to keep going. So that top half is really important. Any other thoughts on your resume writing? Yeah, Yeah. Regarding the ATS, I have read articles that place ATS in large organizations, particularly at 98%. So that means 98% of employers have these. I tell everyone to expect it. It's more likely that you're going to come across these ATS than not. And sometimes they're homegrown, but there's also over 200 types of ATS. So, you know, we can't sit here and tell you, you know, how to craft a resume for each and every one of these, but there's a lot of really best practices. You have to have the right keywords to pass through these systems. So that's the most important thing. The other thing important is formatting. So, you know, when you're going online and you're downloading a a template for a resume, that may not be compliant with ATS systems. So you need to understand that. And again, there isn't one size fits all for the format, but you know some of these most beautiful resumes that you can create on um, a lot of these programs are not compliant, meaning they don't get read. And some types of font are easily read through ATS, some are not. So, you know, to bone up on what is um, the best practices in ATS or consult a professional, that's really the best way to give you the chance to get through 
And I say to clients all the time, it's like playing any other game. It's like doing any other strategy to be able to really put your best foot forward and play that game to your advantage. Right. And these strategies really do help. So if you haven't been using any of these strategies, this this piece is probably one of the most important things that you can do for yourself um, to be seen. So let's move on to the job market. Unemployment rate in October was 9.6. And, you know, the unemployment insurance, you just, you as many know right now, they can't survive on it. They just can't. And so there are industries out there who have done very well. They've boomed, actually, during this pandemic. And there's others that are just barely hanging on. What have you seen in the job market? And how do things look from your perspective in 2021? Well, I have to say, and, and I mean this with all sincerity, this is not um, in any way true false hope, but there is a lot happening out there right now. And I know for the people that have been impacted by COVID and maybe out of work since March, since April, since May, you may not feel that way. But as Karen and I talk, I hope that you gain some strategies for being able to, to make a shift in your strategy to help see more success as things go on. But I will tell you that in my practice, overwhelmingly, above 90% of the people that I'm working with are currently working. But what I'm, they're seeing is as they're moving, and even the people that don't have jobs, they're all landing jobs better than the previous jobs. And when I say better, I mean more money, better bonus, better opportunities, long-term remote work. So I am, I have to be honest, I was kind of shocked. And I put a, a posting about this a couple of weeks ago on LinkedIn, as wonderful as my clients are, as qualified as they are, and as good as I am at what I do, I was still a little shocked for how quickly they're landing jobs in this environment. And I'm talking about the Buffalo area primarily, but I work with clients all over the country. And that is a little important to understand different areas. But let's talk about Buffalo here. You know, I, I recognize the unemployment rate, and I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything that is happening and trying to ignore what we know is happening. But what I'm telling you is, is that I'm seeing it every single day, but it's about strategizing and it's not about doing the same old things to get the same result. But I think the job market is really, it's, it's, it's alive, but you have to know how to approach it. Now let's talk about hospitality a second, Karen. You know, if you're going for a job in hospitality, that conversation's probably about a career pivot, right? It's it's unlikely that you're going to be making that kind of move and getting more money somewhere else, although it could happen. I'm dealing with a lot of hospitality professionals that are making career pivots, but they're doing it well and using their transferable skills for other jobs. And just as a side note about hospitality, this is my prediction, and I hope we come back to this in another year. But once the vaccine's out and once we start to get this under control, hospitality is going to explode. So, you know, even if you're a long-term hospitality um, professional, maybe you have to switch something else you know, for the next year or so. But after that, if that's where your heart is, things are going to go crazy and it's going to be wonderful. But I'm seeing a lot of success out there. How about you, Karen? I am too. Every day I am posting jobs, sharing jobs on LinkedIn. And I have not really seen a dip. In fact, I've seen more companies with more opportunities. And when you said that, you know, you were surprised at how fast your clients are getting it. I am too. I had somebody who was let go during the pandemic, started the process. Three weeks later, she had a job that she absolutely loves. And it wasn't just a job in the same career she was in. She pivoted to something else that she had always wanted to do. Plus, she was over 50, which scares people because they think that as they get older, 
there's less opportunities. But I do agree that there are a lot of jobs. Companies don't necessarily have to post jobs anymore because they can use LinkedIn, which we're about to talk about. They can find you. So you need to be seen. Your personal branding needs to be out there. With hospitality, I think because we have all been cooped up in our houses for nine months or more, and it'll be almost a year by probably the vaccine gets to everybody. Everybody is already probably planning right now their trips, where they're going to go. Um, you know, And so I think hospitality is going to really just go crazy for the next several years, because I don't think that people can get it out of their system with only one trip. They're going to have to take a few after all of this. Sign me up. I'm one of those people. Where, how quickly can I get on that cruise ship or get on that airplane? I'm there too. But Karen, you know, I'd like to mention one other thing about this. Sure. And this is where I, you know, people really struggle sometimes. But yes, there are tons of jobs. I too share them on LinkedIn and when I, when I see them. But Karen, as we both know, most of the jobs are gotten through networking and the jobs, so many of those jobs are in what we call that hidden job market, Yes. right? So being able to network and uncover the jobs that aren't even posted, right? They're all over the place. They so are. we only see, we only see the tip of the iceberg about what's really available. That's why networking, communicating your personal brand. So even for a passive search to have recruiters coming into you, but to network and to be out there. And I mean, out there talking to people, not in person today, but on these type of events through the the mediums of social media and certainly the telephone. Hello, that's still a thing, <laughs> right? But, but being able to recognize that all the best jobs aren't even posted. So being willing to consider the fact that you're going to need to change your strategy. If you sit and wait for that perfect job mm -hmm. to come on LinkedIn or Indeed or Glassdoor or, or that one company that you really want to work for, it may happen, but it may take longer. It's definitely going to take you longer to be able to find out everything that's available. Yes. So be willing to talk to people and see what you don't even know. Trying to start the network earlier on, get that moving first before makes the whole idea of finding that opportunity so much faster So because you're already in the system. You're already involved. And so I, I absolutely agree with that. It's a great segue because we're going to talk about LinkedIn now. So the first question is, how important is LinkedIn? I think that we've, we've just touched a little bit on how we think <laughs> LinkedIn is the key. You know, it used to be that you would open up the newspaper, you would find an, an advertisement, you would send your paper copy of your resume in the mail, handwritten to the prospective company, and you'd get a phone call that says, you know, we we're interested in talking to you. That scenario doesn't really happen anymore. And it's really who you know. Your network is really your salespeople, if you look at it that way. They are out in the community, in different companies, in different departments, and they're hearing about opportunities within their company. And they know you, they know their company, they will not recommend you unless they think that you're a good candidate. And their company will most likely at least have a phone interview with you because they know the person that referred you. So that right there gets your foot in the door. It's a lot easier that way than being one of 200, 400 resumes being scanned. They don't know you. They don't know the person. They don't know anybody around you. So your network is the absolute key to getting your foot in the door. What are your views about LinkedIn and, and how to use it? Well, I think anybody that is not actively on LinkedIn today is leaving money on the table is what I call that. Even if you are 
my other affectionate term is fat and happy in your current job. I, we <laughs> talked about that when we opened up. Even if that's the case, like you said, you need to be laying that foundation and keeping your network going all the time, right? What's that old saying about not waiting till you're thirsty to dig from your well, <laughs> right? If you only reach out to people when you need something, they're much less likely to help you. So, you know, continuing to share your um, your subject matter expertise. If you truly are a thought leader in your industry, being able to disseminate that information. Being on LinkedIn doesn't mean just having a stagnant profile. And, you know, that was acceptable 15 years ago when it came out. People just said it and left it. And many people have never returned to it. But <laughs> if you have not kept on LinkedIn, then you are missing the ball game here, people. Because I would also tell you that I have seen more changes in LinkedIn since the pandemic broke than all the previous years combined. So if you're not aware of the functionality and really how to use that to your benefit and what that really means in terms of recruiters and, and the companies searching for people with your qualifications, then you really need to make it your business to know. But even if you're happy at your job and never plan to leave, it's a great source of business development and just mm -hmm. making more uh, more contacts that you never know where that that might help you. I would also tell you that I had a young man say to me last week, I'm considering doing my own personal website. What do you think about that? And I said, what LinkedIn can be your own personal website? If you understand the full functionality of it, not just completing your profile, although that's exactly where it starts, making sure you have your profile, making sure you have a picture, please, please, please make sure you have a picture and a professional picture. But aside from that, it allows you to post video you can post um, content, all kinds of content, publish content on there. You can share links or a website that you may already have, or if you've been featured in magazines and articles, there's very little you can't do on LinkedIn now. Right. Even a couple, like last month, I think they introduced stories, that story mm -hmm. feature that you get on Facebook. Yep. So there are so many things to it that, you know, just to kind of get in and start getting dirty into it a little bit yes. and really just exploring it and find out what works for you. Do you have to do all of it? Maybe not. But find out what aligns best with your comfort level or even better than your comfort level to help you push yourself a little bit to try to be able to use that to communicate your brand, to learn more. LinkedIn ha also has a huge feature that they call LinkedIn Learning. And it's a premium feature. It's, it's not available to everyone. And I'm not here to upsell you on services. But for those of you that may need to increase your skill sets, Maybe you've been out of work a while, or maybe you've identified a skills gap that you have for a position that you really would like. LinkedIn's a great source of learning as well. It is. So I mean, we could have a whole thing on this, Karen, yes. the whole thing about LinkedIn. But I, I guess the message I want to put out there is if you don't know about it, you know, you, and you may not know what you don't know, but please make it your business to look more into it because it is a must have. And even if you submit your resume to a company and they, it gets through the ATS and the recruiter wants to call you, the first thing they do is look at your profile, yes. give them something to see. Yes, they absolutely do look at your LinkedIn profile. And it sort of gives them just a little bit more information that you can't fit. You can't fit everything that you know and have and the skill sets and all the activities, volunteering, everything. That is all on LinkedIn. And so it gives them a fuller picture of who you are. So I can't stress enough with LinkedIn, when you go to an event, you know, you can tag, you can explain, you know, where you went, who you met, that gets them involved. They then, you know, are notified that you've mentioned them. They, they then share it on their site. Other people then see what you posted. Once you start, you can't stop, you know, you, you really do get involved. 
But then there's also the section of, of groups. And so if, say, you're in HR, you join some of the HR groups, and then they then start to pose questions. And then you can answer, you can use your expertise, you can talk about your skill sets, and you don't know all the people that are in those groups. Some of those groups have hundreds of thousands of people in them. I'll just give you a really quick example. I had posted something on a group chat. They were talking about onboarding and they just wanted people's opinions and what do they do in their companies. And I had created an onboarding system for a company. So I just explained what that was. And nine months later, I got a email from somebody that was in that group who was a writer for the Sherm magazine, and they asked if they could use what I had written in their article. You know, you just have no idea who's on the other side and who's looking. And you'll know this, Kathy, in Buffalo, everybody knows everybody. You start really interjecting and and showing your expertise and then you go for a job opportunity, you never know. They may have seen something they've written on LinkedIn. You may have really impressed them. They may have just found you not even posting a job, but saw something that you wrote, thought it was really great, and they wanted to know more about you, try to connect with you. And you never know what that opportunity will lead to. I, I have a number of students at Damon who get calls just before they're going to graduate from recruiters that pick up on the fact that they're about to graduate and they're in certain areas and they want to have a conversation. So it is one of the things that will really help you in your career. Karen, let me just say the the last thing, as I, you know, because I seem to have a phrase for everything that I've kind of developed. (laughs) Yeah, I like your phrases. I'll tell you, I, (laughs) I call LinkedIn an informal job interview. The more content that you post, how you interact with people, the the media that you share, all of these things function as an informal job interview. You make a fantastic point. You don't know who's watching. And just because they don't respond today or just because they don't comment today or just because you don't hear from them today does not mean that you will not in the future. So certainly be cautious about what you post, right? This isn't Facebook. This isn't Instagram, right? But overwhelmingly, everything I see is very, is very professional. Use it as an informal job interview. Help people learn more about you. It may make the difference between calling you and someone else. So now our next question is really, I think, things that we've already really talked about. What are the things that make a job candidate stand out? We did cover the resume and in the way that you format your resume, the information that you put on the resume. The one area that maybe we didn't talk about enough was actually like the bullets for the responsibilities. You don't want to just take your job description and just copy and paste into your resume. You want to explain to them quantitatively, what have you done? And, and that's really important because remember, they have a job that they're trying to fill. If you say that you have supervised some individuals in your department, well, how many have you supervised? And at what depth have you supervised? Because if they need somebody who's going to supervise 25 people and you've supervised two, they don't know if you really might have the skill set to handle 25. But if you have supervised 50 and they're looking at 25, well, you know, you might be a very good candidate for that. So I think that those bullets tend to really stop people. They're not quite sure the strength of what they should put, be putting in there, but those are very important. Instead of having 10, put five very strong ones. And I think that people need to think about that. So Kathy, do you have anything for a job candidate that would stand out? And not just on the resume, but all the things that we're talking about and considering, 
what are some of the things that you think are the strongest items that somebody should consider? And we talk a lot about personal branding, but I think it all comes down to value, Karen. And that is what you were saying about the bullet points. And again, my little my phrase for the resume, <laughs> so the bullet points are the old Janet Jackson song, what have you done for me lately, right? <laughs> People don't care what you did. They care how you did it and the results that you got, right? So yes, did you supervise? Well, great. But if you just supervise, it tells them nothing right? And did you develop people? Did you mentor people? Did people get promotions because of your leadership? Those are the type of things. So it all comes down to value. And as you're creating that resume, and let me just say this, we didn't cover this, but I still hear the rumor that resumes need to be one page. They do not, nor should they be four, five, and six, which is what I see on a daily basis too, but one to two pages. But if you're going to use two pages, make sure it's full of value. Not just filling up space. Make sure that every bullet tells a story. Make sure that everything is important. Don't go back 20 years. Nobody's going to read it. What you did 20 years ago is unlikely, not 100%, but unlikely to be aligned with what you need to do today. A lot of things have changed, both in the way work is done, technology, um, human resources. A lot of things have changed. So I think that's what I would say, Karen. It all comes down to value, demonstrating value. Don't make people guess. Don't assume they know. If you don't tell them the story, they will make up the story in their head. They will fill in the blanks. So communicate the information you want them to know, but communicate it in a value-added way. And what's great about that is if you have a resume that's four or five pages, you use LinkedIn. So you you cut all the access. So go back you know, 10 to 15 years on your resume. Anything after that, put it on your LinkedIn profile. You don't have to lose the, the content. You just move it, you shift it, and just let them look at what's most important. Because really, companies are only looking at the last five years. What have you done lately? Totally agree with that. We are at the end of the podcast, and my question that I ask all my guests are, what are three pieces of advice, tools, resources that you can recommend? And for this particular purpose, for job seekers in 2021, what would be your three tips? my first one, change your mindset. Because I I say all the time that job search success starts in the head. And I believe that. So if you've been carrying around disappointment and 500, you know, unrequited job applications in 2020, put it down, change your mindset in 2021, tell yourself that you're fabulous, tell yourself that you have value to add, change that mindset, people are hiring. So change your mindset to be more forward thinking and positive, it'll make all the difference. Second thing is take action, right? You have to be able to take action. I see all the time people on LinkedIn, you know, oh, I'm out of work. I'm looking for work. Anything you can recommend, any positions, you know, there is some value in that. But I think overwhelmingly, it's up to you to take the action. And that means picking up the phone to call people, getting your resume updated, demonstrating your value. So take action is my second one. And the third one is be willing to do something different to get different results. So, I mean, I see every day, Karen, I'm sure you do on LinkedIn, people that will say, I submitted 500 applications yes. and I got three interviews and I got, you know, what, whatever. Well, I'm telling you, if you're, if you are truly submitting 500 applications, I have a hard time understanding that. But if you are, then you need to do something different. And if what you're doing isn't working, doing more of it is not going to work anymore. It's yeah. still not going to work. So think about what we've talked about here today and commit to one different action. Mm-hmm. But you have to start thinking about, being able to do something different if you really want to push those results in the right direction. Absolutely. And I think that the old school is finding opportunities and just applying. 
And I think the new school is researching the companies that you would like to work for. And that narrows the search considerably. So you won't have 500 resumes and you will actually understand the positions that you want to apply for and you'll be applying for them so that when they call you, you know you can have the conversation with them because you remember who you applied to and what you applied for. So I, I absolutely agree with that. I have had clients that have sent out hundreds of resumes and they don't hear much. And there's a reason. There can't possibly be a 100 job opportunities out there that you really would, would love to work for. And it really, if you change your mindset and think about what is it that you want to do? Where do you want to work? Where is your passion? It narrows the search for you automatically. And then you go out and you target, you target companies, you target people in those companies. And it's a whole different mindset. I think you absolutely need a LinkedIn profile. So if you don't have one, you need to start. You know, it's free. So there is no cost. Just get your, your LinkedIn profile set up. Start with that. And then start looking around, see what other people are posting, because I think you can learn a lot from how they post. You can look to see how many reactions they get, how many comments they get, who shares, and see how they posted it. And then you start just trying little things and see what kind of reaction you get. Usually my clients come to me when they feel defeated the most. That's that's when they start looking around for help. But I'm sure, Kathy, that you have the same thing. You know, they've sent out resumes. They're not getting any responses whatsoever. They feel like it's something that they're doing or that they haven't done. You know, when your clients come to you and you work with them, and then in a very short period of time, they call you back and they say, I got the job. Like there is nothing better, at least for me, and I'm sure you agree because you have a very big smile on your face and you're in your green. There's nothing better for us to have that moment, that moment that they say, Kathy, I got the job. You know, you just feel, you feel like a proud mother. <laughs> I don't know how yes, you feel. Yes, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's a wonderful feeling and it just keeps you going. It, it keeps you going to the next client and the next client. And you started this in the very beginning when we were talking. It's all about personal brand. And I think that that is the mindset. That's the change that you have to make is that it has to be your personal branding. And, you, and if you haven't started that process, you need to. I know that Kathy and I do the same thing, but Kathy's out there. She is more than willing to help you in all those areas. I am more than willing to help you in all those areas. And 2021 can be a phenomenal year for you. I mean, it really can. We have seen all the opportunities out there. We know that they're there. We know what it takes to help you get there. If you feel like you're stuck, it's so worth, it's so worth your time and your effort to pick up the phone and have a conversation with either one of us because it can change your whole trajectory on where you're headed in 2021. And believe me, we all need to be headed in a different direction. So if you can get some yes. help and we can all get there, let's get there because um, <laughs> this, is, this is not the time to, to just try to do it on your own. If you're not, you know, you can try it on your own in the beginning, but if you're not making any progress, don't, it gets very frustrating and it mentally, it can really get you down. So having a conversation with one of us can really help you. We can help you, inspire you, motivate you and put you on the right path. And I think that's the most important thing. So Kathy's here. She can talk to you. Kathy, um, just so that our listeners know, what is the best way if they want to reach out to you? What is the best way to reach you? You can email me at Kathy at, in my, I spell Kathy with a C. So it's C-A-T-H-Y at inspirecareers.com or 
You may be surprised. No, I pick up my phone for the most part. (laughs) If I I don't pick up my phone, I am on the other line or I'm on a video chat. But um, I do pick up my phone and it is 716-481-7662. So I welcome to hear from people as well. You know, Karen, you make a great point, you know, going it alone and getting stuck. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. It's because years ago, this job search thing was much less complicated, right? As you said before, going to the paper, printing out applications and whatever. But today, the rules of the game have changed. And so, you know, oftentimes you need a professional to help you navigate that and to really give yourself the best opportunity. I don't do projects around my house without calling a professional. I don't cut my own hair. And I have my own coach. Coaches have their own coaches because there's other things that I need assistance with. So, you know, I think that's always something to consider is that we all need, and it's not needing help per se, although it is, but it's really about helping you get to that place that you want to. And that's what coaches do. But, you know, try it yourself, see what you can do, at least dabble in LinkedIn. And I think that's really the the great topic of the day. Go have some fun with it it should be fun too. Yes. And coaches are cheerleaders. We are that support staff, you know, so when you have a question, you contact us and we can guide you through that instead of contemplating which way you should go or what you should do. You know, we have seen with our clients what works and what doesn't. So we can get you there a lot faster than you having to do it on your own. So I I totally agree with that. Thank you so much, Kathy, because this has been really fun. This is a conversation that, you know, you feel the same way. We could talk about this for hours and hours and hours because there's so much to all of these topics that we did talk about. I mean, we just really skimmed the surface on all of these things. We actually could take each of these and do a podcast for each one of these. We actually, you know, we do love what we do. And so that's why we're here and we hope that things turn around. 2021 is going to be an awesome year. We just got to get over the hump, which is um, December 31st. <laughs> and then we, we, will <laughs> yeah, be, right? we will be sailing into 2021. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And let's be kind out there. We need a lot more kindness in the world. And it starts with you and I. Have a great day. Happy holidays to everyone. And let's start 2021 on a positive note.